wonderful friend, welcome to Fate FM Drive Time BQ&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, the South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM, and I'm very happy to be with you today again. Thank you for tuning in. You may know by now that uh, I always invite you to be part of this program, and if you are a regular listener, you know the number which we provide for you to send us a text message with your thoughts, with a comment, being part of this program. But if you are for the first time just joining us uh, today, here is the phone number where you can uh, contact us through uh, SMS and you can be part of the program. The number is 04888881. Again, the number is uh, 04888881. On this number also, we are going to, to give you a free book offer, which we have for today, and you are uh, able to send us a code, which will give you a bit later on. Then just save that number. And as I said, don't be shy. Come along with us to be part of this program. You may share uh, some of your uh, views in regard to what we are talking about. And uh, we are um, approaching for this uh, week, the whole week, we talked about steps to a dynamic relationship with Jesus. First of all, I would like to welcome uh, via phone our co-host today, and that's uh, David Lima from Family Voice Australia. David, can you hear us? Yes, Nick. It's wonderful to be sharing with you here on a Friday afternoon at Port Augusta. David, it's really good uh, to have you with us. I know over the phone is not like when you are in the studio, you know, because the sound is a little bit uh, different. Uh, but I pray to God that today we'll have a very good time together. Uh, we are going to talk about a very important question uh, today, and that's uh, how do I know when I am a disciple? And I thought uh, that's a very good, um, good one. And, and David, as I said, under this theme of uh, steps to a dynamic uh, relationship with Jesus, we already look at some of the questions like, uh, what is God like? And what is humanity's greatest need? Another question which we looked at uh, was, um, what is repentance? Is it essential? These days, people, you know, don't want to uh, acknowledge or accept some of the wrongdoings. And another one, uh, just the other day, we looked at uh, what is faith? How do I know I have been accepted? Many people today, and even Christians, they still having that question in mind. Have I been accepted by God because of my past, because of my wrongdoings, because of whatever I do every day? And you know what, David? We probably many times are, you know, questioning ourselves. Am I a good disciple? Am I God's servant? Am I God's child? You know, even though the Bible assures us, assures us that, uh, yes, indeed, we are God's children and we are those ones who walked astray from God, you know, but he didn't leave us there. He continued with his plan of salvation. And um, we know that what happened, you know, our Lord Jesus Christ came down from heaven to be with us, you know, to rescue us from this uh, sinful nature. 
David, uh, I would like, before we get into this topic, I'll be more in detail, um, I would like to just uh, look a little bit on a World Watch thing. And just as I, uh, you know, I open the TV or listen to the radio, there are lots of things going on. There's a lots of unrest, a lots of terrible things happening. O- almost like, you know, reminds me of the Bible when it says about the birth pains. Seems like we are on a, on a very, you know, difficult uh, time in history. I mean, worldwide, it's not just uh, in different locations. And uh, David, I would, I would like you probably just to share with us a few things which uh, uh, you may observe also, uh, in the news, uh, do you have anything yes, prepared? Course. I do indeed. Well, a couple of events have happened recently. Uh, as early as just overnight, the resignation of Prime Minister Boris Johnson in Britain. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, just uh, less than two weeks ago, a marvellous result in the United States, the determination by the highest court in the United States, which is, which is called the Supreme Court, basically exposing the lie that there is a constitutional right to abortion. And this has provoked outrage uh, in many contexts, Mm -hmm. particularly in America, but remarkably also in Australia. So just last Friday evening, uh, just while there was a pro-life event happening in Adelaide, in in East Terrace in Adelaide, there was in the CBD some roughly 3,000 people quite angry and upset who were protesting the not only the U.S. Supreme Court decision, but also protesting the participation by uh, some half a dozen or so members of the South Australian Parliament mm-hmm. in, a, in a day seminar that was scheduled for last Saturday, which went ahead last Saturday, the leader of the opposition, David Spears, who's a fine Christian fellow, he was named in particular, but also Claire Screven and uh, Tung No and a number of people, both ALP and Liberal members of Parliament who are pro-life and pro-family. They were effectively named and shamed. There was an article on this matter just in the Advertiser, which is South Australia's main daily newspaper, uh, just yesterday. Uh, effectively naming and shaming these individuals. So, Nick, what, what we're seeing is incredibly that you you cannot you cannot hold a view in in public life anymore and think that people will say, well, you know, I respect your views, I don't agree with you, but I respect your views. Oh mm-hmm. no, uh, you're being now called out and exposed. That day seminar last Saturday. They had to scramble to find an alternative venue because they were in fear of holding the seminar, that it would be disrupted, that uh, something awful could happen, uh, probably not the shedding of blood, mm-hmm. we hope, but mm-hmm. nevertheless, well, well, when we think back to former Senator Corey Bernardi, his office was trashed uh, about three or four years ago by people who didn't agree with his politics. Well... Let them disagree by all means, but not resorting to violence or intimidation. So uh, our entire culture is uh, is contracting and free speech is being lost. Mm-hmm. And the abortion matter has really made that very clear just in these, uh, these last uh, couple of weeks. Yes, that's uh, very interesting, um, David, while you... Uh 
talking about that, particularly coming from um, United States, the Supreme Court there. And I like to mention something here. And I'll, I'll like to see what's your uh, view, what your opinion on this uh, one, because for the first time, probably in the history of uh, United States, the Supreme Court, the majority of the Supreme Court, they are Catholic background. Now, uh, we know United States uh, has been known and, you know, as a Protestant country, and um, they were formed by protesting against the Catholic Church because of some of the the views and the things which they uh, put persecuted Christians even though you know being being a Christian church but uh, persecuting those who didn't agree or went along with with their beliefs the reason I'm bringing this up here is because I'm thinking right now as we see the world in turmoil all over the place. Even as we are going on air now, you may heard about it's a breaking news that uh, the ex prime minister of uh, Japan have been uh, have been shot during uh, yes. one of his speeches just recently because they are in election. I think uh, process of election there in in Japan. Yes. And you know, you you just pointed out uh, in UK, uh, Borison. You know, he yes. Yes. Uh, he you know was forced to resign. Uh, and these are the major powers in the world. You know, the G, the, the G5 um, meeting, it's, it's underway. You know, I mean, I, I think that happens uh, now or it's going to happen very soon. Um, and when I see these things happening in the world, and then I see the uh, freedom of speech taken away, the, you know, many other things, I wonder if there is another agenda behind all these things. And, and the reason I wanted to connect with, uh, even though I personally support and agree, you know, from a biblical point of view, that nobody should be uh, in that position of uh, taking away a life, o- only God. God is the one yes. who gives life and takes life, you know. Uh, and, and I'm not going to go too deep into that aspect, but what I want to say is here, uh, David, as I said, that Supreme Court in the United States, for the first time being a Catholic majority, I wonder if they are not preparing also some other things which they will legislate. Because uh, right now, what they're doing, you know, see, it's a good thing. And testing the, um, the people all around the world. And you can see the effects. Some agree, some disagree with this. But I wonder if there are more to happen because as i said for the first time in the united states as a known protestant country and democracy the the birth of democracy if you like to see some things uh, going on uh, yeah in this way which this time uh, a lot of people are protesting in america because of the decision there uh, by the supreme court it's anything which you like to add in in this aspect which i just brought up yes it's uh, the question of the faith of the Supreme Court judges is a fascinating one. Uh, the One of the Supreme Court justices, uh, a lady, a very keen Catholic, she has uh, seven children and very pro-life, but she made it very clear that she would not be allowing her, her Christian or Catholic influence or, or her, her personal views, mm-hmm. so to speak, to influence her decision. She said that she'll be deciding every matter that comes before the court on merit. Now, what 
what we've seen is the president and the Senate of the United States, this is when Donald Trump was president, we've seen them agreeing together to appoint certain people to the top court, the Supreme Court, and they have confidence in those individuals and made that decision. And the, the judges were asked basically to review the status of Roe versus Wade, which is the, the judicial ruling that's found lurking within what's called the penumbra of the Constitution, this so-called right to abortion. And while, while the, the, the judges may have a personal view, what we pride ourselves in when justice is really being done properly is that justice, as we say, is blind. And you often see pictures of, of, uh, of statues or pictures of uh, lady, lady justice. Uh, and she'll have a sword in one hand in order to execute justice, the scales of justice in order to weigh things up. At her feet lurking is the serpent or the snake, which she's treading down. That's the, the temptation of evil. But across her head will be the blindfold mm. because she is not partial one way or the other. And I give uh, full credit to the Supreme Court decision. It wasn't... Uh, it wasn't unanimous by any means, but it was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But as they looked, as they looked at this 1973 judgment, Roe versus Wade, where their predecessors in the court had found lurking within the penumbra of the Constitution, right? Penumbra means penumbra means light shadow. Let's have a little science lesson here. When light shines on an object, it creates a dark shadow, and then to one side, the light shadow. So the umbra is the main dark shadow, and the penumbra is said to be hanging on to the shadow. So it's like a light shadow. Mm-hmm. So lurking, not within the shadow of the Constitution, but within the light shadow is this right to privacy, which still applies, but because of a right to privacy, therefore a right to abortion. Now, the judges reviewing the, the case said, well, we looked at the Constitution, it doesn't mention abortion. Yes, we may agree that there's a right to privacy, but how can that possibly then be extended to a right to abortion? And they said, there is no right in the Constitution. There is no right to abortion. Mm. And so they're disagreeing with their predecessors who bringing their worldview to the table and not being blindfolded, that is impartial, but being partisan, it's been suggested that there are quite a quite a few interesting things that have been found lurking within that penumbra to the Constitution. So God loves justice, and I rejoice greatly mm. that we have a just determination uh, by those Supreme Court justices. Uh, so they've been they've been criticised, for example, in the advertiser yesterday by a columnist who said that the Supreme Court's ruling is lamentable because it's quashing the constitutional right to an abortion. But the court has adjudicated for the truth, which may be inconvenient. It's returned the matter to the states, which is democratic. It's not, not a federal issue in the United States, and, and it's not a federal issue in Australia either. Mm. But the court has ruled justly, and so I give thanks for that. 
Yeah, not absolutely right, uh, David. And I'm not trying to uh, discredit, you know, uh, the mm-hmm. Supreme Court in by any means. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say here now is because you just said the previous uh, Supreme Court they they were having a different uh, view on on yeah. things. Now we know the the Catholic Church uh, is um, also against uh, abortion. Yes. Generally, you know, and it's it's pro life, um, because that's a biblical thing, you know. And um, but what I uh, my question was, you know, what I wonder when you have an influential uh, group, and I hope that this will be what you just said that they will put above all personal uh, beliefs and other things, you know, will put the justice. Uh, but we know also that in these days, uh, America. Uh, is not what used to be, as I said. Uh, and there is a lot of uh, connection and um, uh, handshakes, to say so, uh, in between Protestantism and um, traditional uh, religion. And uh, yeah, it's fascinating. It's very interesting the, the way things develop in uh, in this uh, in these days and that's what i believe personally that we live in a very special time a prophetic time we live uh, as uh, the bible puts it you know in matthew 24 uh, we live in the last days and the signs of the time are here to see what's going on in the world and we need to be prepared and probably that's why even uh, today's topic it's such an important one to understand and to look at ourselves, are we good disciples of God? Yes. Are we in a good relationship with God? And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll um, explore that a little bit more, David, during this um, program. But uh, right now, I'm just taking a, a short uh, break, put a plug there, and uh, I'll be back with you just in a moment. Uh, this is Faith FM, a Drive Time, a big Q&A. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And we also are very thankful to the Adventist World Radio for their support. And um, we thank you all, uh, our listener, uh, for um, being part uh, of this ministry and supporting us in any any ways possible. You know, with, uh, with what you can, praying for us, uh, supporting us financially. Um, and we praise God for that. Um, David... Uh, I would like to just uh, start with uh, this question again. And, and by the way, for those of you who may uh, tune in for the first time and you don't know David, David, it's a, a man of God who likes to share the good news, the gospel with as many people as possible. And David visits uh, lots of groups, churches, and in his role, he's the director of Family Voice Australia for South Australia and Northern Territory. And he travels quite a bit and he uh, have a lot of lots of appointments with different groups. And if you like to contact David uh, to invite him to come to your church and, or to your group in your schools or whatever, uh, David, how can people contact you? Well, they can simply go to our website, Google Family Voice Australia, and they'll find us. And there's the contact page there. They can communicate that way. Mm. Oh, that's very good. And I really enjoyed myself when uh, uh, we had uh, you coming to our church. And uh, it's been a while since uh, we haven't got you back. But yeah, it will, will be good to, to have you again. But David, let me ask the question. How do I know when I am a disciple? Yes. Well, that's a great question. So some people have dramatic conversions. We think of 
the Apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. He was previously known as Saul of Tarsus, and I'm sure the listeners will know the story, but if they want to check it up, the, the Book of Acts in the New Testament, in the Bible, chapter 9 of the Book of Acts describes his dramatic conversion. So there he was, persecuting God's people. He's uh, traveling from Jerusalem to Damascus in the middle of the day. He's so zealous, he's got letters of introduction. He's looking for Christians so that he can make them blaspheme and throw them into prison. And he approved of the stoning to death of Stephen, the first Christian martyr. And suddenly there's a voice from heaven and a blinding light. And the voice says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He replies, who are you, Lord? He says, I'm Jesus, Mm. whom you're persecuting. And he was absolutely stunned by this. He didn't eat or drink for three days. He was blinded by the brightness of the light for some time. And he, he knew full well that he was now a disciple. So some people have dramatic conversions. And uh, a friend of mine was relating to me recently about his father's conversion. His father was an atheist. And my friend Jim, he was a schoolboy at the time, and uh, the father would be always ranting and raving against God. And one one day the the father was in the lantern of their home, just, you know, quietly uh, seeking the truth, I suppose you might say. And suddenly Mm -hmm. Jesus appeared to him in the room. He said that there were were flames of fire all around the, the room, and Jesus appeared to him. And the kids came home from school, and it was like there was a different man in the house. My friend Jim, he said, my my father was utterly transformed. Wow. Utterly transformed because of this vision of Christ that he'd had. And he threw away his atheism, and he's devoted his life now to following the Lord. So some people do have these dramatic conversions. Mm -hmm. And other people make more of a considered, quiet, intellectual choice, right. which is perfectly valid. I'm thinking of Malcolm Muggeridge, who was a famous atheist. Some of the older listeners might know his name. Famous atheist, uh, very active in the 60s and 70s and 80s. He used to be the editor of Punch magazine, which is a very cryptic and very critical magazine. He was always always condemning Christians and anti-Christian. But he was sent, he was sent to investigate the work of Christians to do charity. Mm-hmm. And he, he made a, a very remarkable statement after he'd considered the work of Christians in order to bless needy people. He said, I've spent a number of years in India and Africa where I found much righteous endeavor undertaken by Christians of all denominations, but I never, as it happens, came across a hospital or an orphanage run by the Fabian Society or a humanist leper colony. So he's seen all these orphanages, hospitals, and such like. They're not run by the Fabians. The Fabians are people who are anti-Christian and they are exalting uh, libertarian philosophy. Right. And of course the, hum- the humanists reject God as well. Mm. But neither the Fabians nor the humanists were running ministry to lepers or running hospitals or orphanages, it was Christians. And so Muggeridge, he threw away his atheism and his fascination with communism, and he became a Christian on the basis of the of the decision that he had to make in order to maintain intellectual equilibrium, really. He, he could no longer intellectually defend being a, a socialist or a humanist mm. or a communist. Uh, and so he, he, he turned to Christ wonderfully. 
as a result of that. So, yeah, that's but, then, what... but then still, still others are raised in the Christian faith, and perhaps we can talk about that uh, as the program continues. Absolutely, sort of, that they kind of catch the faith. It's not not an intellectual decision. It's not a dramatic conversion, mm. but they're wonderfully brought into the household of faith by their families. Absolutely right, uh, David. And uh, as you just said about, you know, a very well-known character in the Bible, uh, Apostle Paul, um, mm. I mean, he was one of those uh, people who were very, you know, he was very convinced of what he's doing, even when mm. he was persecuting God's yeah. people, you know. Uh, but God knew his heart and God saw in him that precious jewel, which if will be refined, if he will accept God's way, then he could do amazing things. And indeed, he, he is known in the Bible uh, to do that. It, it um, brings to my attention a passage, David, in the Bible in Second Corinthians. I was going to take it to chapter 13, but you go to chapter 5. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> well, we'll go to that too. But in, in chapter 5, here, verse 17, it says here, it starts from 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What wonderful that is, you know. Um, yes. You know, when you, we are in Jesus Christ, we are renewed. And you may heard about this phrase that Jesus um, invited people to come to him as they are. I agree with that. Um, myself, I, I said I have a different saying. Uh, say, I would like to invite people to come to God, to come to Jesus as they are. Yes. For a change, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because it, it probably I, I I'll say it a little bit like this. Um we are invited to come to Jesus as we are, but never stay as we are. You know, Correct. we need to be changed. We need to be transformed. And that's why we want to offer an alternative uh, to everyone. Um, when we talk about uh, biblical principles, David, and as we just talked a bit earlier under the um, World Watch uh, segment there, we cannot be apologetic, you know, I mean, uh, the truth of the Bible stands. You know, the, the truth of the Bible is, uh, is what we need to follow as Christian. If you want to, to be a yeah. true Christian, you cannot, um, be in two places. You know, how Elijah, uh, another man, uh, a giant of the Bible, you know, he invited people, God's people at that time, Israel, uh, not to be in between two opinions. Correct. But to choose either to serve God yeah. or to serve Baal in that uh, in that case. Yeah. Yes. Now, uh, you said that you want to go in uh, in Corinthians chapter 13. 13. Please go there before yeah. we... I'm going to take you another part of the Bible in Galatians. But let's uh, hear what you have to say from uh, Corinthians 13. Yes. Uh, 2 Corinthians 13 and verses 5 to 6. Paul says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Mm-hmm. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. Mm. So Paul was confident that he was in Christ. He had that dramatic conversion. But even if you have a dramatic conversion, you know, you've still got to respond really on a daily basis to take the faith seriously. Because people can drift away, they can abandon the faith. So Paul says to examine ourselves to see whether we're in the faith. 
In other words, uh, it's very much a private thing. But I've got to look into my heart. You've got to look into your heart. Each listener's got to look into their heart mm. to, to see whether they're in the faith. And it's so easy to be in the faith if you'd like to respond to that invitation where Jesus says to repent and believe. And it, it can be boiled down to three words because you'll recall that when Peter was walking on the water, mm-hmm. he looked down, he saw the circumstances around him, he was terrified, he thought he was going to die and drown. And he, he says three words, Lord, save me. Mm. That's all any of us need to do is to cry out to the Lord and he will reach down with his hand and save us. And the scriptures are very clear. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord uh, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And and the scriptures speak about uh, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm. So it's... What we need to do is have Christ in us. So if we say, Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me from my sins and make me your child, then you know, and, and anyone of any age can utter that simple prayer. And if it's genuine, then we are saved. Absolutely right. And uh, I agree uh, with you, uh, David, there. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what we can do. We, we don't have any other merits. As Apostle Paul again says that even our best deeds, you know, the good yeah. deeds, they are like a dirty cloth, you know, yeah. before God. But before, because of His grace and love for us, you know, we are invited um, to be part of God's family again. And now brings me to that passage in um, Galatians, again, chapter 5. But this time, verse 22 and 23. I like to read these two verses, David, and see what you could also add here or share with us. It says here, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such There is no law. That's a very interesting passage in the Bible, and I I love this. You know why? Because that put in the picture the true disciple. You know, you can't have a disciple, and comes in my mind now a little story, which um, when I was younger, somebody shared with me and said that um, a Christian just, uh, um, he come to a a situation, you know, with, with his neighbor, and uh, was a bit of a heat going on there, you know, a bit of uh-huh. argument. And um, somebody was j- just testing this this young Christian, you know, and the Christian said, couldn't take it anymore, said, man, do you want me to put away for five minutes my faith, you know, and I will show you, <laughs> I will show you what I can do, you know, and I wonder, you know, I wonder if that's the true <laughs> Uh, through discipleship because as I, yes. as I look at this passage in the Bible, you know, uh, the fruits uh, of the Spirit, you know, uh, things that once we hated, we cannot love it anymore. Is that right? Or things yes. that we, that once we loved, we can no longer desire them. Yes. You know, maybe, yes. uh, maybe the proud should become meek, the drunk to become sober. 
and there are many other passages in the in the Bible which will support this sort of thing. Uh, there is power in the gospel. One one passage, for example, coming in my mind in Romans chapter one verse sixteen, which says that the uh, the power of the gospel of Christ is to change us. But yeah, coming back to this uh, passage in uh, uh, Galatians chapter five, the fruits of the spirit. What's your uh, um, take on this? Yes, well, Paul is writing there to describe what happens when someone comes to faith. Mm. And the Holy Spirit comes and lives within the life of anyone who is in Christ. In fact, the the Bible speaks in the book of Acts using this phrase, the Spirit of Jesus. Mm. We often don't use that phrase, but it's there in the book of Acts, the Spirit of Jesus. So his Spirit lives within the heart of a Christian. Now, the flesh is still there, uh, and we we see, even in the New Testament period, a lack of some of these fruits, even from Paul who wrote these words, because he, he was not perfect, he was not divine, mm-hmm. but he was saved. Uh, and he, like all of us, following Jesus, were on a pilgrimage. And some days we get things right, and some days we get things wrong. And... Uh, sometimes we sort of go forward and sometimes we go backwards. But we're on a, on a pilgrimage and we thank God that we're saved, not because we do joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, mm. gentle things with self-control, but those qualities do give an indication as to where we're at. Now, it all depends on people's background and some people with very difficult backgrounds, they, they've got problems and challenges that take a long time to work on. Mm. We get that. But nevertheless, uh, we ought to be able to look at a Christian and say, aha, I, I knew he was a Christian. Uh, and I recall once visiting some, some boys who were locked up in Adelaide, and one of them sort of rushed up to me one 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 time and said, David, are you a Christian? And I said, yes. He said, I knew you were a Christian. Mm. So I thought, wow, that's fantastic. And that's what we need to do, uh, David, to be a living testimony, you know, uh, before all people. Let me share um, with you um, a short passage here from a little book called uh, Steps to Christ, because uh, we can be transformed only if we are walking in the footsteps of Jesus, you know, if we allow Jesus to transform us. But it says here this, it is true that there may be an outward correction or correctness of uh, deportment without renewing power of Christ. The love of influence and the desire for the esteem of others may produce and well-ordered a life. Very interesting thing. Self-respect may lead us to avoid the appearance of evil. A selfish heart may perform generous actions. By what means then shall we determine whose side we are on? You see, this is very interesting when I read this passage here. There can be people to fake it. Okay? (laughs) There can be people uh, to fake it. But there are a few questions, David, uh, here. Jesus spoke about those who called him Lord, Lord, and he'll say, I never knew you, depart from me. Yes. So uh, it's 
It's not up to us. Mm-hmm. It's up to him. A Christian is someone whom Christ claims. And if if Christ claims my life and your life, then his Holy Spirit lives within. We are transformed. Our behavior is reformed. And we stop hating people and we start loving them. Yes. And we stop being miserable and we start being joyful. And we stop being warmongers and we become, we become peacemakers. Mm-hmm. And instead of being impatient, we become patient. And instead of being miserly, we become kind. Instead of being bad, we become good. Instead of disbelieving, we have faith. And instead of being harsh, we become gentle. And instead of flying off the handle, we exercise self-control. Mm. So those are the fruits. Of, and the, it's, it's not so much the fruits, plural, of the Spirit, but it's one fruit there. Yes. The fruit. The fruit. Yes. Yes. All of these together. So um, it's it's no good someone saying, "Oh yeah, I'm good at I'm good at love, joy, and peace, but I'm no good with gentleness and self control." Mm-hmm. So the whole the whole lot's got to be there. Not that we are earning our salvation, and this is a very important point for all of the listeners and for you and me to get our minds around. We do not earn our salvation by doing good things. No. But. But the good things may indicate the inner change which occurs because Christ has broken through our sinful heart and uh, established his throne within our lives. Yes. My my prayer for every listener is that they will simply pray, Jesus, come into my life, and that they will turn away from their wrongdoing as they receive this good gift and be saved and on the basis of his work in their hearts, mm. his salvation, his gift, that they will be transformed, that the Holy Spirit writes the law of God uh, on our hearts. It's interesting in that passage about the fruits of the Spirit, against these things there is no law. Yeah. So, <laughs> a lovely connection to the law. But the law of God is written in the heart of a believer, and therefore we are transformed and we become transformers. Yes, and I like to add on that, uh, David, many times I've been uh, asked... because I like to uphold the law of God, you know, and people say, oh, you are a legalist. And I say, why are you saying that? Uh, I don't keep the law of God to be saved because we, nobody can be saved by doing whatever, you know. Uh, but because I'm saved through the grace of God, I keep the law of God. I cannot afford otherwise. I cannot trash the law of God uh, when God says, if you love me, Keep my commandments. I cannot do otherwise. You know, and um, we are going to take a short break here, but here are just a few questions maybe even for uh, you, dear listener, to maybe think of and maybe share with us. Again, I'm inviting you to be part of this program and share with us what are your thoughts in regard to how could you be a good disciple of Jesus Christ? Uh, The questions are, uh, who has the heart? Are we like uh, our friend who wanted to put aside for five minutes his faith and sort out some things? Who has our heart? And I hope that Jesus, Jesus is the one who is taking control of that. With whom are our thoughts? Of whom do we love to converse? Who has our warmest affection and our best energies? You know, these are just a few questions to think uh, over this break. But right now, we are going to listen to um, a song and we'll be back uh, shortly. This is Faith FM, Drive Time, big Q&A.
Sea of Galilee Stood by the shore and cast their nets into the ageless sea Now Jesus watched them from afar and called them each by name It changed their lives, these simple men, they'd never be the same Leave all things you have and come and follow me And come and follow me And as he walked along the shore, t'was James and John he'd find And these two sons of Zebedee would leave their boats behind Their work and all they held so dear they left beside their nets Their names they'd heard as Jesus called, they came without regret Leave all things you have and come and follow me Welcome back. This is Fate FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and our co-host today is David DeLima, the director of Family Voice Australia. He is with us over the phone from the beautiful uh, city of Port Augusta here in South Australia. And David, it's very good to have you with us today. Thank you, Nick. Yes, uh, a beautiful song, eh? Uh, about uh, two fishermen <laughs> by uh, Brent uh, Hall. And indeed, you know, Jesus inviting us to leave everything behind. Uh, now, what that means, yes. we can have another program, you know, where we don't have time today to deal with that, uh, what that means to leave everything behind. I mean, our heart yes. not to be attached to the things of this well, world as it was with the, with the young man, you know, the, the, uh, that, um, uh, what was uh, his profession, like an, a lawyer or something like that, yes. when he came to Jesus says, what? else well, what should i do to have eternal life and jesus simply says just uh, uh yes indeed yeah you've got the uh, the the racist lawyer mm-hmm. uh, and jesus tells the story about the good samaritan in order to bring conviction to him yes and asks him well who is the neighbor and he can't even bring himself to say the word samaritan yes in a positive context he says the one who had mercy on him 
So he he's not very happy. And then the rich young ruler, as we like to call him. Yeah, that's what I was he thinking. He's always yep. sad. Mm-hmm. Well, there are two. These are the two examples. Both, uh, interesting. Both ask the same question. What must I do to be saved? And Jesus answers differently for both of them. And he he brings to their mind the sins of which they need to repent. Mm-hmm. And this, is, this seems so missing from the modern proclamation of the gospel, that we, we speak of the love of God and uh, all of that, which is fine. But Jesus immediately puts a challenge on people and says, are you prepared to give up your racism for the racist lawyer mm-hmm. or your money, your money and your possessions for the rich young ruler? Now, not everyone is called to to give all, the, all their money away, not mm. by any means. Mm. If there's a specific call for that, fair enough, it's not a general one. But there is a general call that we hold nothing back from God, that we give to him everything. And if you'd and, ha- and if sorry to interrupt you there, David, but if, even if, if talking about the money, if your heart is stuck with the money, probably that's what God is asking you to give up. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. and not, not that not that because uh, you know you need now to give away everything what you have, because probably God wants you to use wisely that for His glory and to <laughs> to do amazing things. You know, uh, David. Uh, while I'm, while I interrupted you here, um, I just want to give this book away because I kind of forgot, and uh, I promise our listeners that we have a very good uh, book. Actually, it's a it's a stud, it's a study guide. It's called Amazing Grace. Now, the human race um, is buried under is buried under sin, with no possibility of eternal survival could only be rescued with the help from above. The Savior of the world came down to rescue his children, and the scripture are filled with joy. And I'm inviting you, my dear listener, to send us a text message with the code SA59. And this uh, Bible course is yours. Amazing grace. Again, SA59. Send us a text message and we'll be very happy to um, organize uh, this book to arrive to you. David, sorry I interrupted you a little bit there. If you have something to add there and then I would like you to think of at least uh, uh, two cases. One good disciple and one bad disciple. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, Jesus calls everyone to take up their cross and follow him. So discipleship is no bed of roses. Mm-hmm. It can cause great difficulty. If you are in a nation today that persecutes Christians and you become a Christian, you can expect trouble. So it's, there really, really must be this genuine willingness to follow the Lord. Uh, anyone, anyone who does not give up everything cannot be my disciple, is what Jesus said. Mm. But the remarkable thing is that the more we give up, the more he gives back to us. And that may be in this life, it may be in the next life, it may be in both. Um, and some people suffer and some people, uh, prosper. But, uh, most things, most things aren't really the issue. The issue is our eternal salvation. You recall that when, when the disciples saw Jesus, uh, after he'd come back from the dead, they, they were asking him, when is he going to sort out the political problems of the world, basically? And he said, look, uh, this is not for you to consider. Mm. 
but but you wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you and you'll you'll be my witnesses and my disciples. So uh, not everything gets sorted out straight away if you become a Christian, but there is a peace, there is a joy, there is a guarantee of eternal salvation, tremendous hope that we have. We are delivered from sin, from guilt. We are delivered from the fear of death, uh, which is what a relief, Nick, it is mm. to be delivered from the fear of death and we we can we can confidently go to our graves knowing that God will receive us and and our eternal hope is secure in Christ. He's proved that by coming back from the dead. Yes. And there are so so many wonderful signs of that, indications of that. Uh, you want to know about a a, a a good disciple and a bad disciple from the Bible. Yes, please. Well, uh, uh, John John Mark comes to mind as as a problematic disciple because he deserted Paul mm-hmm. uh, at one point, and um, yet he went on to be the author of, of the, the the first the shortest gospel, which is the Gospel of Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Paul Paul and Barnabas started to argue about this fellow because one of them wanted to take him on the missionary journey and the other didn't. And they argued and argued and they just went ballistic at each other. And unfortunately, they parted company. So there we've got, in the middle, the uh, meat and the sandwich is John Mark. Uh, and then you've got Paul and Barnabas, who, who both should have known better. And it's tragic that they broke fellowship over this Barnabas, of course, means the son of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Well, he wasn't very wasn't very encouraging on that day. So both Paul and Barnabas and Mark uh, were having a bit of a bad day <laughs> on that day, uh, and yet uh, all all those three went on wonderfully to do great things for God. Uh, so it's the same people <laughs> who are both the good and the bad disciples. All right, and, and what does the nature? What are you thinking of John Mark? Was he the good one or the bad one? Uh, both, you see, because he deserted. <laughs> he deserted. And, and then, yeah, so I'm answering your question by giving you three people who are both bad and okay. good. Okay, okay. You, ha- you have been in, in all these disciples, the good and the bad. Um, yeah, myself, I was, right. I was thinking also if I want to mention uh, one disciple which uh, uh, I believe, you know, ended up bad, uh, really bad. You know, I'm thinking of Judah. Uh, uh, Judah who sold Jesus you know I mean he was part of the 12 disciples and he didn't uh, really um, yeah show that um, that had that privilege you know to walk in the footsteps of Jesus Um, and if I will think of um, another disciple probably not much spoken about him or known about him it's um, Andrew you know uh We haven't heard uh, anything bad about him in the Bible, uh, but he was a very good uh, man and uh, showed lots of uh, compassion and uh, interest for others. He brought even his brother uh, to Jesus. David, our time is uh, up for today. Uh, time went very quickly, but I wonder if we could uh, very briefly share uh, uh, here um, a little bit uh, what... Um, uh, What happened when we make mistakes or we sin, we fall over? I mean, is that over? Yes, that's a good question. Well, Jesus spoke about the forgiveness that we would offer to one another, uh, not not seven times, but 
sympathy cards, for them, mm. which, is a, which is really a euphemism for almost without limit. And that's how God treats us. Uh, time and again, he restrains his anger, we read. And he's, he's had to put up with so much trouble from his own people, but he continues to forgive and to restore. And so when, when we get things wrong, mm-hmm. uh, we, we need to repent, to turn back to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry, please forgive me for that. We need to seek forgiveness from one another. Uh, and it's, it's much easier to ask God for forgiveness, much harder to ask, ask our friends and neighbors for their forgiveness. But that's yeah. what we've got to do. And we, we were restored both to God and to one another in that wonderful process of reconciliation. So the Bible says that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And I pray for all of our listeners that this message of reconciliation will be received by them. It doesn't matter how bad we are, mm. what wrong things we've done. The death of Christ is sufficient to pay the price for sin. And interestingly, Nick, as you know, the book of James effectively says that if you break the law at one point, you've broken the whole of the law. Yes. So you, you don't have to be a murderer. You just have to be a thief. Mm. Make you guilty of murder as well. So mm. we're guilty of every sin, all of us. So there's, there are no sort of nice or good people uh, apart from Christ. We're, yeah. all, we're all in the same category of sin. And so... Listeners, please do, please never think that you are so bad that you cannot be redeemed. Mm. Because while while all of us were sinners, Christ died for us. Absolutely, it's a great hope we have there. Yeah, thank you so much, David, for uh, sharing with us today. We are inviting our listener again to join us next time when we are continuing the second part of uh, this uh, topic, steps to a dynamic uh, relationship with Jesus, and we are going to talk about uh, is growth in Jesus possible, and indeed we'll learn how. Uh, until then, may God richly bless you, my dear friend, and uh, we pray that you will have a safe walk in the footsteps of Jesus. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer Oh, what peace we often forfeit Oh, what needless pain we bear All because we do not carry Everything to God in prayer Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who sorrow share Jesus knows our every weakness Take it to the Lord in prayer 
and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care. Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do your friends despise, forsake you? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In His arms He'll take and shield you. Find a solace there What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer Everything to God in prayer Everything to God in prayer